Hi, this is Norm Augustinus. I'm sorry I missed your call. After tone, leave your name and number. I'll get back to you. Hi, Norm. When I was a teenager, I went to the beach with my mom and dad. I sat near the water, and my parents were behind me further up on the beach. My mom and dad brought along a picnic basket that contained cold drinks and a bucket of Kentucky Fried Chicken. I brought along the beach towel so that I could sit on the sand. When I found the perfect spot to sit, I laid out my beach towel. It was wonderful. The sun was out, there was a warm breeze, and people all around me were laughing and having fun. Norm while I was sitting atop my beach towel, I felt a jarring powerful thump to my genitals. I thought perhaps that I was sitting on a buried sea turtle or a beached frustrated lobster. But unfortunately, that wasn't the case. Moments after the sudden high-impact thumping sensation to my private area, I realized that there was something long and thick buried deep inside my juicy pussy. During World War II, the beach I was on was once used by the United States military for mock enemy encounters. Was I sitting atop an old, buried Sherman tank? Had I somehow pushed the tank cannon barrel mounted atop the Sherman tank into my tight wet fuckhole? Before I knew what was happening, I was being thrown around atop my beach blanket like a worn out rag doll. The entire ordeal lasted only minutes. While my hips moved violently up and down, my mother phoned the police. Before the police arrived, I came three times. When the police arrived, I was still clutching onto my huge bulbous tits and reeling in the afterglow of intense orgasms. According to the cops, an unknown person tunneled their way underground through the beach sand and to my location. Once this individual was directly under me, this person rammed their enormous meaty cock through my beach blanket and panties and into my young pussy. Before I had a chance to escape, this person then banged out my asshole. The authorities said the man worked at the hot dog stand 125 feet from where I was sitting. Sergeant Timkins said that there was a trap door in the floor of his hot dog stand. The sex maniac opened the trap door and tunneled his way to my hairy cunt and tight stink star. The authorities found a massive dildo lying on the tunnel floor. They believed this individual had plans to dildo me to death when he was done getting his cum-soaked rocks off. Norm, I'm telling you this true, empowering story in the hopes of educating your horny female listeners. I have an audio clip of the big dicked man boring out my fuckholes while he was inside the cavern directly below my beach blanket. I'll play it now. That's the end of the audio clip. Everyone wants to see the panties that were destroyed by the hot dog salesman's huge knob as it plowed through the fabric on the way to my dripping fuckhole. Let me know if you'd like to see the panties too. Norm, I really enjoy your podcast. All my friends call me cum panty. You can call me cum panty too. Please call me back. I have to go. It's time for me to finger my wet throbbing cunt. I try to come every 15 minutes. Bye. End of messages. He wishes he could have killed his grandmother. His mother says everything he touches turns to shit. He's been to jail, spent 24 hours in a mental institution, and unsuccessfully tried to kill himself three times. 
Just a moment, will ya? So sometimes I have bad dreams. Everybody has the dreams. But maybe my dreams are a little bit different than everybody else's dreams. As you may or may not know, and I think I need to tell you this before we start. I want to just briefly touch on this, and then we got to get to the meat of this show, the weight of this show, the place that I want to direct it. If I can direct it to that place, I, I often can get sidetracked. But I want to talk about something in these dreams that I see. I often see this. I see women's legs connected to a torso, and they're running fucking through the woods, running through swamps, running through rice paddies, and the upper part of their body just above their torso has been blown off. Now, I see that because when I was in the service, I don't know how, I was in two tours, 18 months. I was a door gunner in a Bell helicopter, Huey H1, I think they call it. I was in charge of an M60 machine gun that was mounted on the ceiling of the helicopter by a sliding fucking door. My job, as we hovered at 300 feet, at 40 fucking miles an hour, and my job was to cut people in half as we went past them. And I was known as the laugher. That's what they called me because I would laugh as I was shooting them. I don't know why I thought it was funny. I guess if you're not getting cut in half, it's pretty goddamn funny. I'd cut people in half as they were running, trying to get away from us, and then their body, their upper part, would fall into the water, and then their legs would keep on fucking running. Do you know that sometimes... We would see their torso and their legs. They'd be 15, 20 miles away, and their lower body was sitting in a cafe in Saigon. This is no shit. The lower portion would be at a cafe in Saigon. The lower portion would be shopping down the street in Saigon. I'm not kidding you. 30, 40 clicks north of Da Nang River. There was a fucking, all that shit. And it would be still, they'd still be alive. They didn't know. That's the kind of fucking fortitude, the kind of determination that they had. And I used to fly around like that. And I have all this experience. And this experience, these dreams, have really made me a seasoned, skilled liver. A liver. That's me, like a living person, a liver. And I got all these dreams, all these things, all this background. I used to be in a Bell helicopter. We used to drag a dildo through the fucking swamp, through the goddamn forest on a fucking long rope, 400 feet long. The dildo would be at the end, and people would grab it. Chicks would. They'd grab onto it, climb up the rope, and then we'd fucking suck, and then throw them out the other side of the fucking helicopter. It was a really, I kind of guess, a fun time. These fucking people could fly better than the Wright brothers. Throw them out the helicopter. They could be three, four hundred fucking miles in front of you at three or four hundred feet. They were flying perfectly after they were thrown out and they were smiling. You could not hurt them. Learned a great lesson from that shit. Now, I'm going to tell you something about American women. How does this tie into American women? I'm going to tell you a story here. And it's not a funny story, but it did teach me a lot about life, about bitches, especially American bitches. They are Remember always that American bitches are incapable of actually loving you. They'll love you so long as you keep paying their way, so long as you keep providing things for them. The minute that stops, the love stops, and they're going to go take their special love to somebody else. That's always the way it's been. 
even the chick you think loves you very much, if you knew the thoughts in her mind, you'd be horrified. You'd be running to me, trying to find me, wanting to run into my goddamn arms, wanting to suck my cock, because that's a better deal than what you fucking have right now, likely. One time I was in a jungle. I tell this story all the fucking time. I go to Starbucks and shit like that. I'm often sitting there, and I'll bring this story up with a bunch of bitches around me and other things like that, and they're glued to this, this story. I'm in a jungle one time. I don't know what happened. We had a problem with the helicopter. We had to bring it down. And I'm in a jungle one time, and I found a VC bitch. She was nice, good looking, something you might even want. And we start fucking. While we're fucking, now you have to listen closely here, because this shit's going to help you. I'm not kidding. You're going to say, how could this help me? It will. While we're fucking, we're rolling around. I like to do that. I like to fuck. I like to roll around. You're kind of shaking up the contents of your fucky. She's got all kinds of juices in her, all kinds of blood, a gallon and a half of blood, all kinds of liquids and all that inside of her. Well, man, when you have a chocolate milkshake or something like that or coffee, you're going to stir it up and keep stirring it up so it has the same flavor. And that's what I do with pidges. I'm rolling around, shaking them up like a fucking thermos bottle filled with some goddamn liquid that you like to drink. And I'm in her arms and we're rolling around in Vietnam in the woods. Fucking snakes there, they're 10 inches in diameter, didn't really matter. While I'm rolling around, while she's saying all kinds of shit to me in another language, while I'm rolling around, we roll over a fucking rigged grenade. It's a grenade that's been rigged, it's got a wire on it and all kinds of shit, the pin was pulled out. And when I rolled over her, what do you think happened? You already know what happened. I immediately was able to move her body when I heard a click. I knew that we had detonated something. It was everywhere. When I heard this click, I rolled over the fucking grenade with her body with my dick still inside her fucking tight cunt. I say tight cunt because that's an extraordinary thing to find. See, in America, you can't really find tight cunts. You find stretched out large fucking holes, big stretched out gape, all dried out, even the pubic hairs are gray. It goes that way. It turns that way. It becomes that because it thinks you'll stop fucking it. The universe, the meta-universe, the, the ribbon, the magical formula, whatever runs around this planet says that this chick's going to be taken offline, that she's worth nothing no more. She's got a big stretched out cunt. She's taking gallons upon gallons of fucking cum. And so it does everything to repulse the male. But in America, we'll just keep on fucking it. Instead of beating it to death, we'll keep on fucking it. So I rolled over this thing. I heard it click. I moved the VC woman over. I was trying to get my rocks off, trying to fucking... I had a big goddamn rock-hard rod in my pants. And when I rolled over it, the thing blew. It was a fucking shrapnel grenade. And there was another grenade there that fucking had all this bright shit. I think, what's that called? A flash grenade or something like that. And it blew the VC, the VC chick all to goddamn pieces. I mean, she was gone. There was nothing under me anymore. And I still felt that something was fucking my cock. I could still feel that my cock was being pumped off by a female because I had been pumped off by many, many females. And can you continue to get pumped off by females? Each one going to pump their way. It's a ladder to them. They're pumping their way up the ladder. And they think somehow it's going to lead to you and finances and bill paying and housing because they know that if they're not got security, if they're not in a house by 30, 35, 40, they're in bad fucking trouble, man.
And it's the truth. And then they start to get desperate. That's when you hear bitches start killing people and shit because they got nothing. When I fucking got up, I still felt something beating my meat off, something pumping me off in the lower region with my big dick, my 15.5 pounds of dick. And it's the truth. Weighed my dick once on my friend's cocaine scale. He was a cocaine salesman. And I said, could I put my dick on this thing? It was a mechanical scale to weigh coke. He used to sell the cocaine using his two kids. He'd sprinkle the coke on their shoulders, send them into wherever, whoever bought this shit. He never got caught once, never got in trouble. Kids gave the customer a mini vacuum run by batteries. They'd vacuum the coke off and the two kids, his two kids would leave with the cash. And I remember fucking thinking, look at this. My dick, it's so big. It's pulsating. And I knew it was big then, but wasn't really wise to it now, like I am now. Because his sister who was in the corner, I don't know what she was doing over there, flicking her nipples. I don't know if she was fucking dry humping some fucking couch arm, the arm on a couch, the arch, the arm on a fucking living room chair. Chicks will hump anything. Unfortunately, most people don't know this. If there's a house, if they live in their mother and father's house, they have likely fucked everything in that house. The arms on the chairs, the arms on the couches, you know, where you lay your arms. They've probably fucked everything in that house. Shit in the basement, workout machines, fucking ducks at the dad made in wood shop when he was 18 years old. They have fucked everyone in the house, everything and everyone there is in that house till they could get out there and start fucking the real big beefy dicks like your correspondent has. I remember the coke salesman, his sister came closer and she wanted to see my dick, and then she heard that loud thunk, thunk, that the metal on metal hit, and my dick was 15.5 pounds. It's still beefy, it's still 15.5 pounds, and it might even be harder now, bigger now, because I've really built up my cum-making machine in my ball sack. The cum now is such a perfect machine that I fill my bag with a large amount of cum right straight away. It's it's incredible. You'd be literally gobsmacked at what a cum-making machine I have just below my fucking $1.99 plastic Walmart belt. You would not believe it. She came up, she saw it, she saw me weigh my cock, his sister, and she licked the coke off my balls and my dick. It was wonderful. Well, she had a picture of that today. I could sell him probably on OnlyFans or some shit like that. I make a fortune. He licked my dick too, got to coke off. That was only a business transaction though. Well, when I rolled over this grenade, the chick blew the fuck up. There was nothing left. And when I stood up, I was covered in mud and all kinds of shit. Blood, mud, hair follicles, pieces of scalp. When I stood up, the, the cunt area, that was on this chick. It was still over my balls and still over my dick. There was her pubic mound. There were her, her pussy lips, her cunt lips. And the entire tract, track of her fucking cunt was still attached to my cock and it was still pumping my dick off. She was gone. I don't know where she was. I saw her cheap fucking homemade coconut shoes that she made out of coconuts and some other shit that one was still sitting there. But the thing was still pumping my cock off, still trying to get me to come. And in all that excitement, I got to tell you that I did blow my load. The whole contract in this woman must have been 15 inches long. That's how big they get. A woman's pussy will unfurl when she's turned on. If you were to ask Google right now, you if you have Google a voice assist or Google assist or whatever it is, it's called, 
If you were to ask it, how deep is a woman's vagina, it'll tell you two or three inches. That's not a joke. That'll add, that'll add attribution to what I tell you. If you have that, you'll see that I am not fibbing to you in any goddamn way. A woman's cunt will unfurl as she's around a dick, as she's around and thinks there's a chance to take a dick. It'll just slowly unfurl like that fucking monster and alien when he's coming out, slow moving, coming out. You know, you're dead. That's what a cunt will do. It'll just get bigger and bigger and bigger because the cunt, the woman's nasal passions, just her subconscious, her mind, it'll all use the mathematicness of this and it will adjust her cunt because it knows how big your dick is. That's how it is. It knows how big your dick is and that's itself is scary. That cunt will keep on unfurling to take your dick. If you could listen to it, it would be creepy if you could put a supersonic microphone in there, whatever you could use as a mic, and you could listen to her pussy unfurl. It would sound like something like this, I imagine. We amplify it like uh, 5.2 million times or some shit like that with a nuclear fucking microphone. We amplify it. It would sound like this, I think. <laughs> sound like that that's just me doing an impromptu cunt sound it's really fucking spooky and that's what a cunt is now this fucking cunt was still on my dick pumping me off and i realized that you can't kill a bitch that their fucking main objective their main goal their main purpose is to get that dick in that cunt she didn't die she died but the cunt was still working my dick and it was really creepy. I looked down, I saw it. This bunch of fucking hair. The pussy lips were there. Uh, maybe skin about four inches around the pussy lips was there. And then just the fucking cunt track and my dick was in it. And I blew my load all the way through the cunt track and out the other end of her vaginal tract. I blew my load out. It hit a tree. I remember the load hit a tree. It fucking was on the side of a coconut. But it wasn't like a load that I ever saw. And I realized that your load will change when you're truly engaged with a female. It'll change somehow. It metamorphoses. It becomes something else. It was a, the texture was a thicker. It was an off color. It had a phosphorescence kind of a look to it. It was now being the cum it was meant to be. And you, and the cum can't be that way if you're just whacking off, if you're just pumping off, trying to blow your load on your own. But I learned the bitch is unstoppable. The cunt is going to get you if you're not watching out for it. You're not going to win with a cunt. It's like saying you're going to Vegas and you're going to win. Except you never goddamn win. It's not 50-50. It's 75 and, and fucking 25. You're never going to win. It's stacked against you. And it's the same with a fucking bitch. Always with hope. Always with optimism. Somehow I'm going to prevail. You're never going to prevail. And I learned about that. And every time I'm with a bitch, even today, I see that cunt and those fucking running legs. I told you I used to cut 30, 40 people in half with an M60 machine gun that was hanging from the top of the helicopter. The door was slid open. I used to cut people in half who were running through fucking rice paddies and their legs would keep running. This, I don't know why they would. You've heard of a chicken that's still alive after the head's gone? The legs would keep on running. That's not a lie. I one time saw some pair of the legs. It got up out of the rice paddy. It was running at tennis shoes on, American tennis shoes. And it was using its foot to right 
fucking swear words at me before it goddamn died. I think one was fuck you. It was F-O-C-K. You know, they had, a, they had an accent. It never dies. It keeps on coming. And you're never going to beat it. You're never going to fucking win, man. And I'm telling you right now, you're going fucking down. How nuts have you got to be to invent disaster, to invent disease, to invent fucking the fatal termination of your existence, to invite this bitch into your house? Then you walk around like you're really showing this innocent little bitch something in your house. Yeah, I put on these, this amazing faucet on this quarter-inch thick stainless steel double sunken whole sink. Isn't that something? And you think, oh, she's really getting into this. She's not getting into it, man. She's laughing at you inside like those fucking VC that I met there laughing as they were being thrown out the door and flying through the air. They didn't hit the dirt like regular people. They didn't crash in the earth like somebody else might. They're laughing and they're laughing at you, fuckstick, because you're so goddamn naive. Man, you're going down and I feel bad for you because... All these years you've listened to me, I feel like we're kind of brothers, man. And I'm trying to watch out for you. You've invited a monster in your fucking house. There she is, walking around your house, acting like she's never seen nothing. Like you're the first dude she's ever seen. Look at her. You just took her upstairs. You're throwing, you're showing her fucking climate-controlled bedrooms, each one with its own fucking shut-off vent, vent and vents and heat ducts. You're showing her all this shit and your solar panels. She doesn't care nothing about that. She's thinking about your dick. She's thinking about how to get to the gold through your dick. Look at her. There she is walking around your house. You're lucky, man. You ain't dead right now. And you've done all this shit. Want to get something to eat? Wow, you've really impressed her. Ding, 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 ding. You want to get something to eat, slut? There's a fucking place at the thing that makes fucking oven-cooked fucking pizzas. You want to go there? And they use wood taken from dead weeping willows because the cities are saying you can't have a weeping willow in your fucking yard because they go right for the sewage pipes and they have to stop that because the sewage pipes are already backed up enough with the balls and balls and balls of goddamn rubbers and maxi pads and all kinds of other things. Benoit balls, fucking egg vibrators they flush down the toilet. But you've invited her in your goddamn house. Look at her laughing. She just drove up in your yard in a Jeep and she's got tennis shoes on. Isn't she cute? And she's got a Starbucks coffee cup in her hand and she's so sparkly and funny. What just walked on your driveway was something that owes a hundred thousand dollars. Was something that is wanted in three different counties for fucking all kinds of trouble that she's caused from fucking restraining orders to the fucking personal lawsuits, all kinds of shit, civil lawsuits. And you've got her in your driveway now, man, and you're opening the door. Merry Christmas, fucker. Merry Christmas. Happy Thanksgiving. Isn't this wonderful? We can be one one day, you and I, if our cards are played right. You just let her in your goddamn yard. There she is. She travels all the time on other people's money. What do they call it, OPM? She just got back from traveling. She's destroyed everything in her path because of her pussy farts. The gas is deadly. It's highly acidic. And she's walking around looking at shit. She's inside drains. Walking around. Destroying the surfaces. Destroying paintings. Wherever she goddamn goes. And here you are. Hey, come on in, man. Come on in, man. You want to? I got the fucking the first edition of of Rascal written by Ben Sterling about a fucking raccoon that becomes his friend. You want to see it? It's the first edition, man. I got I got it just over here. Come, hey, come on over here, man. 
Yeah, I like the way the floor creaks when you walk on it. It's a kind of a homey feeling. Isn't that great? Let's go up to my fucking tool room. I want to see my tool room. I got a ham radio shack in my backyard. She doesn't give a flying fuck about a ham radio shack. Chicks can't stand guys that don't know anything about ham radios. And the reason is this. Because you could call out on a ham radio, six meter, fucking 70 centimeter, fuck, bands. You could call out in your fucking your ham radio and you could get advice you could get help other people outside her control it could actually help you they don't want that they don't want you to be around anybody as soon as she fucking meets you she's gonna start cutting your friends off one by one by one and pushing her democrat fucking sluts down your throat and they'll all destroy you they can't let that happen to you they'll all destroy you each one, and you'll become what they want because you're so fucking lonely. He's just a little goddamn boy. Hey, come on in here. I want to show you something. I just made that Revel fucking model kit of that car, that 57 Chevy. It doesn't use glue. It's a snap-on kit. You just snap the parts together. You don't have to worry about glue. If you shake like me, I had glue all over these fucking car models. These things you put together, car models, airplane models, motorcycles. I had shit and glue everywhere from one end to the other. It was just a piece of shit when I was done with it. Look at that. Isn't that something? You like that? Isn't that great, Mom? Yeah, that's great. All she's thinking about is dick. That's their number one goal, is dick. They got 100,000, 200,000 eggs in her pussy way up there past the cervix. It's hanging in there in her ovaries and shit like a fucking egg tree, and it's just hanging there looking for fucking cum. You think that don't make them go nuts? That don't make them go crazy? They just want the cum. You gotta be careful, man. And I told that story because I hope that somehow can help you down the road in your goddamn dismal life. You don't live like Norm Augustinus. Tall, thin, handsome. The recipe of what people want to be. You don't live like me. You don't have the ability to live like me, but you can live through the experience I have. You can even keep it anonymous. I can promise you whatever bitch you have, if she listens to one of these recordings, she's going to cut it off so you can't listen to it anymore. You can't listen to it. She doesn't want you to listen to it. I once met a woman a long time ago, and the woman always stayed in my mind because I thought she was ahead of her time, and I thought that, that the advice and the things she told me that she taught me about, I thought, this is something you'd never hear. She's really learned something, a true thing that she can actually transfer on. Most bitches are just minor birds, and all they do is one after another, like a chain-link fence, is just repeat shit that they're told, repeat buzzwords that they're told, say the same goddamn thing, and mostly what they're doing, and they always work in marketing and drive a Jeep, mostly what they're doing is trying to hide how goddamn stupid they really are. If you'd quiz them on anything, they wouldn't know it. They're just in marketing. What do you do? I... I just, I work on a website and uh, marketing. It sounds really big, doesn't it? Marketing, huh? I'm doing marketing. How can they do marketing if the number one fucking thing that can be done to them by corporations is to be marketed because they're so fucking stupid? Hey, let's put a Starbucks inside a Target and have a Target logo that looks like a fucking hunting Target and get the bitch in her to empty out her pockets that some guy's given her. Hey, man. Number one fucking thing, one of them I've ever learned for a bitch is, she was telling me something. 
we were at some card, it was some card club, and there was a part of a card club and a sex club all in one. You'd play cards, you'd start to warm up to the people, and pretty soon the cards were covered and come, the tables were all broken, and people were all fucking all over the place. And this club I actually belonged to. I learned a lot of shit in there. But the one woman, while we were playing cards, I don't remember what card it was. I think it was something called Chanasta or Chanasta, Chanasta. It was a card game. I don't know how to play it anymore. I can't remember how to play it. But she was telling me, this is the truth. She said she had a daughter. I don't remember how old the daughter was. She said she had a daughter, and she knew a person that knew a person. And the person could, and this isn't made up. How could I make this shit up? I must be drawing it from somewhere. You can obviously tell that I'm not reading something. This is shit that I learned while I was in life, while I was absorbing anything around me. And you can see that. This is not a sham, a hoax. She said that she had a fucking friend of a friend that would do this. She said, I don't know, she had a 12, 13-year-old fucking daughter, something like that, some teenage daughter. You could call this guy. His name was Chuck. She didn't see anything else. She just said his name was fucking Chuck. And I said, oh, that's nice. And we're putting the cards on the table. I said, oh, that's nifty, Chuck. Chuck is great. And while we're playing the cards, I'm thinking of the running legs. I'm thinking about the fucking bills every bitch owes when she comes to your house. I'm thinking about the Jeep. She's behind two months in the tow truck. It's just behind wherever she goes. And every place she goes is Target and all predictable. Every fucking thing that a woman has in her mind in America has been put there by fucking commercials. And they follow it like it's the goddamn Bible, like it's the Torah. I am following all the directives that I'm supposed to do. So she said she called Chuck. And the purpose of Chuck was this. Now, this probably goes on today. This isn't a joke. I was once in a small town in Michigan. I'm not kidding you. This is the truth. And in this small town, I was told by a person who worked as a reporter that they had a key club there. Do you know what that is? I said, no, what's a key club? I don't know if she was trying to get in my pants or what. She said there was a key club there. And I said, what's a key club? And it was a small town. And at a big college. She said there was a key club there. I said, what's a key club mean? What does it, what does it talk about? I think her name was Julie. She's probably a fat fucking bitch now, fat whore with a big head like a basketball, tits are hanging down. She said, but she wasn't then. She said that the key club was where a bunch of people, leaders in the community, they all came to the secret club and they would put their keys into a fishbowl, a fish, little tiny fishbowl like you'd put a goldfish in. They would put their keys, their house keys in the fishbowl and then They'd have this meeting, and then people would go to the fishbowl and draw keys out. And whoever keys you pulled out, this is when I, among the learning experience that I'd learned, whoever pulled the person's keys out, that's who you'd be fucking that night. It was no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Very, very calm, very calm and relaxed and shit like that. Not, not like, like it would probably push me over, but they would come in and draw these keys out. It was an, it was an amazing fucking story, and they'd all fuck. The keys were in there. So Chuck would come over, according to this girl, Julie. Chuck would come over, if you called him, and Chuck would would come to your house. I'm going to tell this the best I can say. Chuck would come, the easiest way I can say, My, I understand my audience has a very low education, and I have to make sure that I stay under like five, 600 words and never change from them. Uh, and Chuck would come over when you called him, and Chuck's tools were this. He had a length of string in a sinker. You know what I'm talking about with a sinker? A sinker is something you use when you go fishing. It's made out of lead. 
There's an eyelet and a piece of lead. You can buy different weights of lead depending on where you were fishing, how far you wanted to throw your line out, how you wanted your line rigged, if you wanted the sinker to really hold it to the ground and you got your bait low to the ground. Sinkers come in different weights and sizes for fishing. Sinkers, they call them that. Pieces of lead with an eyelet in it. She said that Chuck would come to the house and she had him come to her house. Chuck would come to the house with a length of string and this sinker. And I said, well, for what reason? Was it something to do with fishing or Julie? We're playing cards. We're playing cards or smoke all over. People are smoking dope and shit like that. I always carry a bunch of fucking weed. I've got socks that my niece once made me and I still have them. They're the best socks you've ever seen. There's socks and there's a zipper inside the sock on the left and right sock. And a zipper has this pouch where you can put fucking weed. You can put dope, coke, heroin, whatever you want in there. Black tar heroin. You could put any kind of shit you wanted in inside the sock. Now, isn't that a wonderful niece? I mean, this girl, this woman can sew anything and she put these inside my socks and I love it. It's got an, a rust-proof zipper. I think she told me it was made out of zinc or stainless steel because your ankles and stuff will start rusting and because of perspiration. And I often have cum running down my legs, the inside of my legs, because I often pump off. I either pump off or I'm fucking. I know the real purpose of what life is. I know what a real meaning is. I know this. You can just look at a chick about 14. She's got fucking 2 million eggs in her. Look at a chick at 35. She's got 50,000 eggs in her, 30,000 eggs, because now she's fucking useless. You can't lie when it comes to biology, when it comes to evolution. She's useless. And I look at evolution and no one else could teach me that well. I look at it and say to myself, I'm going to stay away from old pegs of shit. I can't gain anything in there. Yeah, maybe she inherited 600000 in an IRA from her husband. He's dead now. I might gain something there down the long ride. We could travel, be in a train, a fucking cruise line going to Alaska. You can gain something like that. Look at evolution, what it tells you, what it shows you, and you see where to go. It points where to go for you. It's like a Ouija board of fucking telling you what to do. Here's what you do. So she said, Chuck, Julie said, Chuck only carried a fucking sinker and a goddamn string. And she said the string she thought was water-coated or waterproofed, some kind of string. Now, I don't think she understood what the string was. It might have been a string, but it sounded like to me a monofilament fishing line that she would use to go fishing. You can throw it in water. It doesn't rot. The fish can't see it. It's called monofilament. It's a string, but a plastic string. It might have been something like that. She maybe didn't know. But she said Chuck would come to the house, and he had this stand. And I said, what kind of stand? What do you mean a stand? Sounds like a chiropractor. I remember having a chiropractor come to my house once. She was a bitch. It was the greatest thing you ever saw. She was a real chiropractor, and she had gigantic fucking melons. Her cukes would hang off her chest like they were growing out of the ground, erupted out of the ground, was extremely watered, lots of sun. It was They were just so big, her cukes, and they're laying on the surface of the soil in your garden. You spot them straight away, gobsmacked by what you're seeing. Big fucking cukes. The chiropractor would come to my house. Her tits would be all over my face. She's given me a chiropractic adjustment. Her tits were hanging off my shoulders and hanging over my shoulders. And I could grab the nipples where they were hanging because they hung over four inches over my shoulders. She's cracking my back. Her tits would hit my chest. She's fucking bending my legs backwards, turning my hair. There were her goddamn tits. Now, this chick knew how to do chiropractic adjustments. And then she would pump me off. Why would she pump me off? That's not professional. That's not expected. 
She's licensed. She went to education. Why would she pump me off? Because as usual, bitches want to fucking ride your correspondence baloney pony. They want it. They want that in combination with my personality. They want the wisdom that I offer in this fucking skin capsule. They want all that. They're attracted to that. That's what you should understand. That's what you should do. Don't come off like a regular guy running a screw machine factory and a screw machine or CNC machine or some fucking will or some dr uh, some mill or some d drill press. They don't fucking want that. I offer all kinds of escapism. I'm a living fucking kind of a cartoon. And on top of that cartoon is a dick that don't make any sense. 15.5 pounds a dick. I don't know what it is in a metric system. I don't really fucking care. The metric system don't do shit for me or anybody when it comes to sex. Nobody wants a two millimeter cock or a 60 millimeter cock. Nobody wants it. Only time they want fucking that I want. The only time they want anything to do with the metric system when it comes to with something like this. A kilo of coke. Now, you know, that's fucking big. A kilo of coke. I don't want nothing else to do with the metric system. Not even a gas pump. I don't want that. It sounds fucking labored. I just don't want it. So, Julie says, while we're playing cards, I don't know how much time I got. I don't know. I don't have a fucking clock, but I want to get to my main feature. She says that Chuck comes with this fucking piece of line, this piece of string, and a fishing thing, fishing sinker. And she said, Chuck also comes with this big stand. And that's what got me on this thing about a chiropractor. I figured a chiropractor, some kind of revolutionary treatment, or her fucking six vertebrae or seven or nine or four is out of alignment. Now, all that bullshit they give you, you're hardly, you're lucky to be walking. Your one fucking spinal disc is touching the other. You got compression disc. You got fucking a spinal subluxation. All that bullshit that people use on you at a chiropractor, it's all fake. I know personally, it's just all fake. I've had really more hand jobs, more feel outs with chiropractors than you could ever imagine. Because when I'm on my back, my dick looks like a big fucking cancerous tumor. It's not benign. It's definitely fucking big cancerous tumor. And they see that fucking thing. It looks like the volcano on fucking Monster Island with Godzilla. When they see that, they think, I got to fuck that. I know what my main goal is. I know what I am. And I want that now. They think that. So Chuck comes over with a stinker, a sinker and string, and he comes over with a stand, and I said, well, what was the stand for? She said this was a really important thing for her daughter. It helped her greatly, and it helped her mother understand her daughter much more. And I said, what was the stand for, Julie? She said the stand would, would go on the floor, and then he would undo these little turns. He would turn it to unlock it, and pipes would go higher up, and there were straps and other things on this stand. Then he would lock it into the ground and suction cups if you had a hard floor, a fake hardwood floor, whatever you had. And I said, what was the purpose of it? She said, well, I called Chuck because it was referred to Chuck. And Chuck worked with, with young women just starting out in life. Women just going ready to go out there to find their dick. To send out their pheromones into the fucking jet stream, the air of the world would push their pheromones around, and dick would show up suddenly at your doorstep. You lie. You think that you might laugh on that. It's so true. You have a good-looking girl in your house, say she's 17, you'll have more fucking dudes at your house than you know what to do with in your yard, out in the front. You won't know why, but they know why, because she's squirting out pheromones out of that tight pussy all over the place, and it's saying, come and fuck me. Come and fuck me, motherfucker. Here's some pussy. Go for it. I got some pussy. Come find me. <laughs> come find me, motherfucker. So there's a stand there. 
in the house and set up. And I said, then what, what did Chuck do? I didn't ever know I could tell a story. I didn't know what I could do with a story. I had no intention of telling stories or anything like that. You really don't know what happens or where you're going to in life. Like that fucking diner's a raw song. Do you know where you're going to? Do you like the things the world is showing you? Or are you go? You really don't know where you're going and you hope though that you go somewhere that you can eat. You can protect yourself from the elements. That's the best you can fucking do. So she starts to stand up at her house and her kid came on there. The kid. I don't know what the kid's name was, Sarah or some shit like Sarah, Kathy, the old fucking female names that used to sound so good when you were with a bitch. A beautiful feminine female name, like falling into the fucking, ins- falling right inside an Irish chick's chest into her tummy and you're inside of her for a couple hours and you feel so safe. A big orange-haired fucking orange-eyed Irish chick. There's nothing better than fucking that. That's the best woman on this goddamn planet, and never forget that. But I will say on the other side, when they get old, it's pitiful. The chick has got half-inch gaps between her orange hair. Half-inch fucking gaps. She's got dark rings on her fucking eyes. The spark has gone out of her eyeballs. There she is, big goddamn calves, white skin. She looks anemic now. But boy, when they're young, they're the finest creature on this planet. I've fucked a lot of them, and I've had a chance to fuck a lot of them because I live in Michigan during Henry Ford's reign when he was first starting the car industry and the fucking factories and an and and assembly line. When he started doing it, people came from all over the world to work here, and they came to Michigan, and all kinds of Irish people came here from Ireland, and they're here now, especially where I live. They're all the fuck all over. You know all I got to do? Fuck stick is to walk out in my yard. I live on 100 acres in the middle of nowhere up in upper northern Michigan. All I got to do is walk out in my yard and beat my meat, blow my load against a tree in the backyard. Why against a tree? Because my load, my jism, will leave this big patch of cum there. And then the sun is hitting it, even in the winter. And it boils up. It causes a release of pheromones, a release of things that a woman can recognize. And the bitches just show up in goddamn droves because of my load on the tree. Now, you never want to blow your load if you want to try this on a tree where there's moss because that means it's shaded there. There's no sunlight. It's ideal conditions for moss. You don't want that. You want it on the sunny side of the tree. I just say to myself, I think I need to pull in a couple bitches. I've got some extra glue in my bag. I got some two-part epoxy simmering away in my bag. My balls are spiraling around in my cum like fucking planets in outer space. I think I'm going to draw in some hungry bitches. They're dripping wet goddamn cunt. And I'm going to whack off and blow my two-part epoxy against a tree. It works every time. Try it in your place. It'll even overcome the idea, the smell of, say, factory smoke, car smoke, diesel fuel, diesel burning around you. If you got a little tree in your backyard, walk out there, walk onto your fucking outdoor cheap-ass wood deck that you got your $2 barbecue on, your hibachi, walk off that, walk down the steps you're so proud of, and blow your load onto a birch tree in your backyard. You're going to get a knock at the door very soon. You're going to do the doorbell very soon. You're going to get a ring person pushing your ring doorbell very fucking soon. They call it ring because of the ring of fucking fire around a chick's pussy. It was designed for a chick. Ring of fire. Here it is. It's some pussy. 
ring of fire. Got it here. And this, I'm a chick in this house. Just see a ring. You know, there's, there's a hot ring of fire oozing juices out of that cunt. She's got her legs pulled back to her fucking ears. Her eyes are rolled back like a shark eating a trigger fish. And she's in there playing with her fuckhole. That's why there's a ring doorbell. Ring of fire. So Chuck comes over. Get back to this. Chuck comes over. And Chuck's got to fucking stand. And then she calls her daughter out. I don't know what the daughter is. She said, yeah, I, I called my daughter out. I can't remember the name of the daughter's name. It was a cute old school name that really felt female. That felt like you were in the arms of a chick that could hug you and take care of you and tell you everything is going to be okay. That's the feminine name she had. Not these goddamn militant names. These dykes are naming their kids. And you don't want to fuck them anymore. It doesn't matter to me. And I was a fuck your sister. I'd change her name straight away, just for the night. I'd come up with a name. It doesn't really matter to me. I can make up their name. But I don't want to fuck no chick with a non-feminine name. And neither do you. You don't want that. You don't want a fucking minority. Minorities attract more minorities. And you're heading for trouble again. You're off path. Get back on the path. Get back on the fucking workable path onto the schematic of Norm Augustinus and you're going to succeed beyond your wildest fucking dreams, fuckstick. Chuck sets up the stand. She calls her goddamn daughter in. I don't know what it is. Let's say it's Patty. Doesn't Patty sound feminine? Patty doesn't sound like she'd give you one bit of trouble. Look at Patty. She's all feminine. She's got big fucking cucumbers, big melons hanging from her chest. She's naive. She understands her role in life. She knows what's going on. She's horny beyond horny. Why? Because there's hundreds of thousands of eggs and they're telling her to go fuck. They're talking to her. Go find me a dick. Go find me a dick. Go find me a dick. That's why there's three or four thousand abortions every goddamn day in America. Honest to God, look it up. Go find me a dick, dick, dick. Dick, like a fucking submarine in World War II diving. Dive, dive, dick, dick, dick. So Patty comes out, and she starts telling me about her daughter. I start to hear my heartbeat in my head. I start to hear my heartbeat in my head, and I don't have the right pants on that can stop my big fucking eight, 15.5 pound dick. It's 14 inches long. I don't have the right pants on that could withstand that kind of goddamn internal pressure and I'm liable to blow my dick right through my pants. She's telling me about Patty, what a wonderful girl she is. I'm starting to imagine Patty's fucking bedroom and her posters and her goddamn walls and her panties and her dirty laundry box. And I'm starting to get fucking turned on. And I'm still playing cards. Here's the cards. I'm playing Chinasta. I don't even know what Chinasta is, but you know I was playing well, and I don't know what the fuck I did or what it even involves. Chinasta, Chinasta, I don't remember. So he calls Patty over, she says. I said, oh, he calls Patty over. Sounds like some kind of therapy. And he tells Patty to take off her clothes. And I said, now you're the mom, right, Julie? So you're the mom, and Chuck's there, and Chuck says to your daughter, Patty, to take off her clothes. She was just upstairs playing with her cassette player, pushing the play and the record button, trying to make some kind of recording. Same thing I used to do before I did anything like this. I used to play, make cassette recordings for my mom to listen to. They were always about fucking Kunti Kente or Tobe hum humping a bunch of, a bunch of chicks and I'd play it to my mom. I hit the headboard and shit, play this, play the cassette back and she'd say, oh for Christ's sake. This is what my mom would say. I think it killed her. I really do. I think I physically killed her with a torment, with the rawness that she thought I was. 
She used to say, you're gay? No, she didn't say you're gay. She said, you're queer? I've always known it. You always have been queer. I don't know how she attached queer to the shit I was making. I don't really know. My mom was from another time. So Chuck was there. The stand was set up. He told Patty to take her clothes off, and the mom's still there and doesn't have any problem with it. Well, Chuck says, I'm going to turn this machine around. I want you to lay on the floor, and I'm going to strap you to the machine, and I'm going to set you upright upside down. He said, it's going to be fun. She told him that. She said, it was going to be fun, and she was lighthearted about this, like a nutcase, like some mother that you read about in a newspaper. She said, it was going to be fun, but she also told me Chuck was busy, and she didn't lie about that. I can tell. They, she, This guy, Chuck, turned Patty upside down, reached into his plastic or little pouch he had, like a doctor pouch. He took out the sinker attached to a spool of string, and he would slowly take the sinker, and he would drop it into Patty's cunt. Honest to God. And I said, what the hell are you talking about? I mean, that just sounds, <laughs> that just sounds weird. That sounds, what do they say, fucked up. The sinker, a fucking string, and he would drop it into Patty's cunt. And then he would slowly drop the sinker into her cunt. And I said, why did he do that? I said, how long did that go on? I asked questions. I studied journalism when I was in college. That was one of the things I did. I said, how long did he do that? She said, well, it felt like a long time because he would put this spool attached to these skin-like suction cups and there's a little handle on the spool and the string came off the spool and like a well, like an old-time well. And she said he would turn the spool that was on top of my, my daughter's ass and he, he would slow, had like an adjustable thing on it. He would slowly lower the sinker into Patty's cot. I said, for what in the hell, why for? I wonder, she said, because it's important for a mom to know how deep her daughter's cunt goes. The depth of her daughter's cunt. She said, this adds power. This adds value. This adds ammunition to a girl's long track haul in this life. I said, so you're, you're telling me, I'm still throwing cards down. You're telling me that Chuck lowered the sinker, the fishing sinker, lowered the string into Patty's cunt, and then he would do what? She said he would measure it. And I said, how do you measure it? She said there were lines on the string that indicated 12 inches. I don't know what that is in the metric system. Go figure it out. 12 inches. She said every foot would go into my daughter's cunt. And I said, I really got a raging boner now. I said, how many goddamn feet went into Patty's cunt while Chuck was turning the crank handle on the spool of string? How many inches? She said, I kind of got dizzy and lost my my way for a minute when it hit four feet. I said, four feet? Come on. I said, come on, Julie, four feet? That's not possible. Chuck couldn't have lowered four feet of fucking sinker and string into Patty's cunt while while he was over there doing whatever he was doing. She said, it it did. I said, the string was still taut. How do you know the string, the, the sinker bottomed out and the string was just being pulled in by the cunt because the cunt thought it was a dick? The cunt will pull anything into there that it thinks might contain even the, the, the tiny spot of fucking cum. It'll keep pulling it in, pulling it in, looking for cum. I said, how do you know it did that? How do you, how do you know it just didn't start falling string in the hole? The cunt was sucking the string in. She said, Norm, I touched the string and it was tight. Like the sinker was still in fucking a void of darkness and there was much depth to go. And I said, what would be the point of that? I'm saying this, but I couldn't believe the pressure in my pants. I couldn't believe my heartbeat. The goddamn temples were dripping perspiration. 
I couldn't see straight. I had like white film going over my eyes. I couldn't feel right. Even my asshole seemed to start to get feel an erotic feeling when I heard this story. My balls were moving around. My balls were bucking and moving and spinning while she's telling me the story. And she's telling me it in the most honest fucking way. She's telling me it. I said, boy, that's an interesting story. I said, for what reason? Why? Why would you do something like that? She said, I said, why wouldn't you, uh, gave her different things. I said, why wouldn't you just use like a laser range finder for link range? You know, you can, how many hundreds of feet you're aiming at in your yard, trying to figure out how far your house is from the shed. It's a laser fucking tape measure. I said, why wouldn't you, why don't you do that? Why wouldn't she said, well, Chuck covered that. And Chuck said that the eggs, have a problem with a, with a laser beam, with a light, that the eggs in the woman's cunt up there in the ovaries past the cervix, if they saw that, they would likely go blind if he used a laser finder. That's all I'd have done. If I want to know the depth of my daughter's pussy, I'd put the laser fucking finder with, a, I don't know how many batteries it's powered for, into her opening and turn the button on, push the button or whatever, and see the depth of my daughter's cunt. She said, no, you can't use a laser finder. I said, how about radar? Yeah, how about radar or something? She said, you can't use radar. Chuck told me all about that. Radar can only be used in water. You can't use radar. I mean, radar can only be used in the sky, in the air. You can't use radar in a wet area. You have to use sonar in a wet area, like a submarine. You can't use radar. I said, why, why didn't you use sonar? She said, because the eggs in the woman's cunt past the cervix, up there where the ovaries were, the eggs hanging off the ovary tree, if they heard the sonar, they would likely be born deaf. It's too much for them, too powerful. He gave her these things. And the way she told it to me was in the most sincere way. Wow, I said. This guy's really thought this out. And I said, why would you want to know the depth of your woman's, your daughter's pussy? You wanted to know the depth of your daughter's pussy. Is that correct? She said, yeah. I said, what'd her face look like? Now, she's telling me this, and she's young. Now, you know, everybody young is good looking. Everybody over 40, if you're a bitch, is wore out. A big fucking, their vault, their skull, what's in there is all muddled up and all fucking filled with anger and angst and trouble and doubts and fucking all kind of money issues. It's all, I said, and I'm thinking about her upside down with her jugs hanging down. I'm thinking about this whole thing. And Chuck there, I said, was Chuck on the up and up, Julie? Well, see, it seemed, she said he was the nicest man. And you see, he was. Yeah, she said, you know, the deeper he went, I don't know why. Like a, like an exhaust, like a smoke would come out of my daughter's pussy, her vagina, like a smoke. And I said, why? Why would smoke come out? She said, at one point when he was lowering the sinker with a string, the fucking thing, he, he lost the handle and the thing started falling at a rapid rate and the spool of, of string started to overheat and start smoking. I said, that's not fucking possible. Uh, Julie, that's not possible. That sounds insane. That sounds nuts. That sounds like something Norm Augustinus or something would say. And it is something I'd talk about. But this was the real deal. Smoke coming out of the pussy because the string in a sinker was going too deep. Well, I said, how deep was your daughter's pussy? She said, Norm, it was deep. That's how she said it. She like looked to the left. She looked to the right. And she said, it was bloody well deep. I said, really? She said, I was literally gobsmacked at how deep it go. And I said, why would you want that, Julie? Why would you want your daughter that? He flipped her over. It took him like 25 minutes to pull the string and the sinker up. He had to reverse the fucking spool with his hand, turn the handle the other way. He brought it up. 
And when he brought it up, Julie said that some of the string was like black, like it was charred. And the sinker had gotten so hot that it changed its shape. It had like grown longer and turned its own like a turned into a like a piece of artwork that was exposed to fire. That's how hot this chick's con is. And I just heard my heartbeat. I heard that. Nothing else mattered to me. I didn't give a fuck if I got shot between the eyes or somebody had a wrist rocket from 1970 and a piece of big steel fucking ball and shot it in the back. of I didn't care about nothing anymore. I said, would you, why would you want to know the depth? She said, because women need to know the depth. They need to know the depth. And if they have unlimited depth, they have unlimiting bargaining power, unlimited control over a fucking man. She said, too long, women have been measuring the depth of their pussy on their own. It's like that dildo I found. When I was in college, I went to Ferris State University, one of the colleges I went to. I went to college there, and I found a big, gigantic dildo. There's a woman that could tell you this is a true story. In the goddamn garbage room, the dildo had it was laying alongside a wall. Someone was going to dump it. They didn't want to go back and show their dad. How's classes going? Eh, I've been fucking myself every day. and fucking getting fucked, sucking, fucking. She didn't want to do any of that. She instead wanted to say, well, I got a 3.5 GPA. I'm having a little trouble in my poli sci, but my overall core with regards to optometry and about using a certain scalpel and how thick you can go into depth and how to use anesthesia on the eye, that's going excellent, Dad. So she said she wanted to know the depth of the woman's cunt to have a lot more bargaining power. The girl could have a lot more bargaining power. She knew that whenever she was standing in front of a dude and his dick was out in any dark room situation, the dick is out. She's in a dark room. Her legs are spread. She didn't no longer have to fear the dick. She knew she could take anything from anyone, and that is empowering. And I started to understand that. It isn't fucking empowering, isn't it? It's very much empowering. She was empowered by the ability, the knowledge of knowing how deep her cunt went. I mean, you pick somebody up at a fucking bar in America, you've never met him before, and you're now laying on a bed, and you're waiting for him to come over to you, your asshole's aimed at him, your cunt's aimed at him, your knees are hitting your ears, you've got to have the confidence to know that you can take this dick no problem. Imagine if you said this, whoa, hang on a second, boy, I don't think I can take that, I can't take all that dick, you're going to have to back out a little bit. I'm sorry, you're going to have to back out a little bit. And that kills the whole sexual energy. You just don't want that. But this is what the woman told me, and I never forgot that. It was an absolutely incredible story. There was more to it. I can't go in much deeper. i got to be careful of me talking about this shit. I have to be careful because people want this. People want to log this. People want to use this as though it's their shit. And they want to use it. I can never fully open up to you. You know, I'm on about a fucking three right now. I'm on a three. If I came at you with a fucking ten, no shit. If I was knobbed up to ten, you couldn't handle this. If I was knobbed up to a full ten, they'd be knocking on my door right now, wanting to put me in a nut house or wanting to arrest me. Don't ever think there's such a thing as free speech. There's free speech so long as they let you. I was on a ten, you wouldn't be able to take it. That's how the level that I can go to. I have to be careful. I have to govern myself. It's like putting a governor, a throttle controller on some kind of go-kart or some kind of machine. That's what I have to do in these fucking recordings. She needed to know the depth of her cunt. 
And I thought about that a long time while I was playing with my knob in my bed, while I was injecting fucking food coloring into my balls with saline solution and a goddamn syringe, a diabetic syringe that you can buy at Walmart. I was thinking about this shit, learning about it, understanding, and it's true. No woman wants to be cut short. No woman wants to be cut off by telling some man, I can't take that dick, man. I'm sorry. Is your son in the car? Is your boy home right now? I can take that because I can't go backwards now. I'm a fucking sex freight train right now. I want it. They can't do it. But I never forgot that. I played Shanasta the rest of the night. After we were done playing Shanasta, I started hearing shit break up. I started hearing screaming. I started to smell pussy. I started hearing breaking things. And people were fucking all around me. They were fucking. It was a fuck party, a card party. That's what's going on all around you right now. Right now. Their sister was there, and I saw her. I'd fuck her. She'd come home with a load of cum in her panties, and she'd say to you, you'd say to her, what happened? How'd it go? Nothing. We went and got a pizza, and we talked and stuff, walked down Main Street, had a good time. She wouldn't tell you that I about killed her with 15.5 pounds of a fucking Louisville Slugger miniature souvenir baseball bat of the Tigers in her cunt deep down there. One thing you never want to do. How much time I got? I don't know. How much time? I'm, I'm just feeling my way through. You have a bitch above you and she's fucking you. Just a warning. Understand that the snots falling out of her nose, the dried boogers, are hugely populated with salt. That's what's in the snot. And if you have high blood pressure, you can die. A lot of people kill men that way. Their husbands and shit. He's got high blood pressure. She leaves her snot locker full. She gets on top and she starts fucking away. She's snorting through her nose. All the snots fall on his face. He inhales him. He eats them and he dies because it causes his blood pressure to go sky fucking high. I'm going to tell you something. I don't, I think I'm around the end of my recording, motherfucker. I want to tell you something, and it's a sad thing. And I'm going to talk about this in the next recording. I couldn't get to that here. When I was in the shanty, I don't know if you know this. But the temperatures in upper northern Michigan has now have now increased again. We had four inches of ice. I had my ice fishing shanty up. I was in my ice fishing shanty. I was fishing. I got a knock at the door. It was a woman. She was wearing a mini skirt, jean mini skirt. It was fantastic. You should have seen her fucking thighs. I mean, they were frail. They were wanton. They were smooth. There was all kinds of possibility in her thighs leading up. And I wanted that. She knocked on the door, she came in, and we started to fuck. I got all kinds of dope in there, heroin, coke, LSD. I got it all. Fucking blotter acid. I got booze. I got a half a brick of pecaning paralyzer. Fucking 97% THC, a chick up here that I bang regularly. Her family grows the shit. They're a wholesaler. She gives me a brick all the time. That's $4,000. You ever been given a $4,000 brick a pot because you're such a good fucker? No. But you could get it by listening to me, by learning, by incorporating shit I say, by incorporating the way I talk, the dialect, the way I push certain sentences, the beginning, the end, the pauses. You could do that. And all of a sudden, the door will fucking fall down and the pussy will come your way. We're inside the shanty. And, you know, I told you I put a basement, a plexiglass room below the shanty in the water. And the ice was holding it under the shanty so that we could open the hatch in the ice fishing shanty, go down there and fuck. And I have a uh, sex machine in there. Sex machine, I got a mirror ball. I got all kinds of stuff in there, dildos. 
I got all kind of pictures of me fucking other women, pictures of balloons that have been sent back to me that I sent come up on the balloon in a Dixie cup. I have that in there pinned to the side of the, ple- not pinned, but taped to the side of the plexiglass room. Six can see that and they say, you put your cum in Dixie cups and fly it all over. And I tell her, yes, I do. Chicks, got, chicks want it in other countries. They can't get it, but I can provide it. The balloon goes to 10,000 feet, preserves the cum, lands in their yard, the balloon pops, and they can pour the cum in their pussy. They can drink the cum. They like that shit. Well, as I'm in the fucking room, my lower level of mice fishing shanty, my plexiglass room, it was gigantic, six by six, underneath, in the water, so that while we're fucking, we can look at fish, we can see snowmobiles that have been in the water, engines in the water, fish hooks, all kinds of shit, we can see that. Hang on a second. I do this recording in the dark. This is a charger, you crank the handle, and I can charge the fucking battery up and keep the light going. I like to do it in the dark because, you know, I can, I can play with myself. I can beat my meat in here, hold my meat in my hand. It's more erotic. It's a more intensive, a more personal touch in the end. As long as I'm clutching on to my fucking rod, my big 15.5 pounder, I think it adds something to it. It's like tweaking microphones or microphone addicts and they keep changing and changing, finding warm hues and, and softer hues and depths and bassy and not bassy. It's like that. They don't really have anything else. They just got a collection of microphones and nothing else to push through the microphone like your correspondent does. I could use a $1.99 microphone. I could use a condenser microphone taken from a Radio Shack fucking tape recorder and still deliver this kind of intensity, this kind of entertainment because I have it. They don't. I have it. You know that. You know it. So while we're in there fucking, I got the mirror ball going on. I'm playing Donna Summer. No shit. There's a song she sang that says, Love to Love You, Baby. And it's like 10 minutes goddamn long and she's getting fucked in it. Oh, love to love you, baby. And she moans it. Oh, I play that in there. It's the only song I got. While I'm in there, the lower plexiglass room, because everything is thawing, comes free of the ice and it detaches and then flips upside down. When it flips upside down, it trapped air in it. And my bitch is in there. Now I swam out. And as I'm swimming to the fucking surface where my shanty was, everything fell in the water. Just broke through. The ice is thin. As I'm swimming to the surface, I look back and to the, through the water. It's crystal clear up here in Michigan. Especially Lake Superior. It's fucking crystal clear. Look it up. As I'm swimming back to the surface of the water because I need air and my dick is out. My dick was kind of water, waterproof because it was in her, in her pussy. I'm looking at my dick. I'm looking to the surface trying to get air. She's trapped in this thing upside down. It has a big bubble of air in it. And she's still fucking using the sex machine that I had in it and waving at me with a sad look in her eyes. Just sad, spooky look. I couldn't go back down. I didn't have enough air. It's a deep lake. But I saw her drift away, go deeper and deeper, waving at me. And I could hear, like, moans in the water. It was like an amplification. Mm-hmm. 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 It was like that. You couldn't hear the real moan like you would normally in air. It was like that as she was sinking and waving, and I could see the mirror ball still turning. It worked with a solar panel and a battery. It was still turning as she was pumping off. That's what I can do to people. Now, next fucking week, I'm going to try to remember what I was talking about here. And I'm going to tell you what I saw, what I did to help her, to locate her, to find her. 
I'm going to talk about that in the next fucking recording, Fugstick. It's a 100% true story. This isn't a lark. This isn't a joke. This isn't a stage show. This is true shit. And it's true because when you have the mind like Norm Augustinus, normaugustinus.com, when you have that kind of fucking mind, you can make anything happen. You have the same mind. You can make anything happen, anything become a reality, because you believe it with all your heart. And Christ would walk up to people. He asked them if they would believe what he's about to do could happen, was possible. They'd say yes, and it became possible. Therein lies the secret. That in the Lord's Prayer. It's a mathematical formula. You recite the goddamn thing and shit can happen. I know this for a fact, fuckstick. Please be careful while you're out and about, while you're trying to get a bitch. Please be careful. Use the knowledge I've given you. Use it as ammunition. Empower yourself. You've been a little boy too fucking long, a frail little boy who was vulnerable. You've been this too fucking long in your life, motherfucker. It's time now to be proactive. It's not time now to be defensive and protect yourself. Come and go, motherfucker. That's what I say. You come and you go. They call you back. They want you more. You ignore them. They want you even fucking more. They'll work you over even more. And they'll give you more sex and more intensity than you've ever seen. And you keep telling them, I don't think so tonight. I blew my bag out an hour ago. I was wasted. And wake up for three fucking days. I, way, I, I can't. I'm sorry. Become empowered, motherfucker. This is the buzzword today. That and it's a game changer. Every bitch. Everything is a game. It's a game changer. I hate that fucking phrase. Find that bitch that come up with that in some advertising agency. My goddamn fist right between her fucking eyes. Poof. I'll talk to you next week, fuckstick. I'll talk to you next goddamn week. You're going to hear the saddest fucking story you ever heard. I just didn't have enough time now. Man, I'm, I'm starting to feel a little fucking frail, too. I'm starting to feel a little frail. I'm starting to feel a little bit goddamn weak because as I've been talking here, I've been pumping off and it's an, it's not a real pump off. It's an anxiety pump off because I started to freak myself out. I started to judge what I was and who I was. I started to wonder about my actual worth and what I was saying, what I was spewing. A man is what he does fucking all day long. Give me just a second, will ya? tell you about what happened with the shanty and my goddamn downstairs and that spooky scene. And I've been beating off seeing that scene, seeing that thing sink. She went deeper and deeper. It's a spooky fucking ending, man. It's a spooky, convoluted, scary story, man. I'll talk to you next week, folks, Dick. You've been listening to the one and only... My dick is enormous. There is no escape. We made it to Big Clock. <laughs> <laughs>
in cyberspace. It's dark out there in cyberspace. It's scary out there in cyberspace. You're out there in cyberspace. You're frozen with fear. You don't know what to do. You're looking up. You're looking down. You're looking to the right. You're looking to the left. It's windy out. You don't know what to do. You're frozen. Till eventually and quite abruptly, you hear this distant chiming clock in the background. And you follow the chiming clock until it gets louder and louder and louder. Eventually bringing you upon this brightly illuminated place in cyberspace. There are thousands of people there. They're holding hands. They're smiling. They've been waiting for you. There's that thing that brought you to this place in the first place. It's a tower. A hundred, hundred and fifty feet tall. Brown bricks. Tan mortar. Way at the top of this tower is a glass bezel. It's a clock. It's backlit. And above that is this chimey bell-like thing that brought you to this place in the first place. And you know why you're at this place in the first place. You're here to clear out your pains, your frustrations, your aches, your woes, your disappointments, your hurts. The person that died on you, the ramen noodles you're sick of eating, the credit cards you can't pay off, the apartment you can't pay for, the house you think you'll maybe never own, the bitch who left you, the guy who left you. You're here to clear all those pains and frustrations out. And how do we do that? Well, the moment you heard my voice, you were instantly and automatically filled up with this highly absorbent orange-colored solution. It's been inside your body sloshing about this entire recording. And now, at the end of this recording, we lie you gently down, we pop the corks in your toes, and all of that highly absorbent orange-colored solution comes gushing out of your body. Look at it. It's forming a small mini lake alongside you. It's orange colored. It's rusty. It stinks. It's toxic. We shake your feet getting out the last drops of highly absorbent orange colored solution and replace the corks in your toes. You can't believe how good you feel. You feel like you can go on another second, another minute, another day, another hour, another year, maybe infinitely. It doesn't matter that a friend of yours is making $250,000 a year and lives in a million dollar house. It doesn't matter that another friend of yours has got the best looking bitch you've ever seen or another friend of yours has the best looking dude you've ever seen. None of that shit matters. All that matters is how good you feel right now. You know you can feel this good anytime you want to. Anytime you're in duress, anytime you feel like you can't go on another second, all you gotta do is think of the big chiming clock in cyberspace where you meet your pal, your friend, Norm Augustinus, and instantly and almost automatically you'll feel refreshed and clear. You know the best part of this recording, the most important part of this recording, at least to me, is that for one hour, we were friends. Friend, I enjoyed myself. I hope you did too. Write me, normaugustinus at gmail.com. Tune in again for another exciting episode from the amazing mind of Norm Augustinus. Dear Doris, I hope you are well. I've been thinking about you a lot lately. Do you remember the time I fucked you in that canoe while we were at your folks' cabin? Your mom and dad were watching us from the shore as we paddled around the lake. At that time, you were one of the hottest pieces of ass in Michigan. Your parents didn't want anyone to get near your juicy, tight pussy, so they were always watching you. They didn't know that while you and I were in the boat, I lit smoke bombs, making it impossible for them to actually see us. 
From a distance, it looked like fog floating above the water, but it wasn't fog. The both of us were naked and lying down in the canoe. You blew me, licked my balls, tongued my asshole, and porked me with your strap-on. I ate you out, reamed out your front and back hole with my enormous schlong, and then we sixty-nined one another. For dessert, we expanded our assholes using anal expanders, and then we poured plaster of Paris into our expanded shitholes. Later on, we taped the dried soup can-like plaster of Paris creations we made from our expanded assholes onto the dashboard of our cars. It was great fun. We sure fooled your parents, didn't we? They thought we were paddling around the lake, navigating through a thick fog, until your cum-stained panties and shredded brazier washed up on the shore behind your folks' cabin. Doris, I have a vial of the actual cum that I shot into your fuckhole from our wild lake porking session. I could mail the cum-filled vial to you. You could gulp down the jism or pour it into your old stretched-out cunt and relive that special time we had so long ago. Write me back if you want the vial of cum. I gotta go. Love, Norman. P.S. I once fucked my big-racked, full-lipped teenage half-sister at a summertime backyard family gathering using smoke bombs. There were 70 people there, and my half-sister was on the diving board naked and on all fours, and I banged her out from the rear. No one at the family gathering saw us fucking because we were hidden inside the center of the dense cloud of smoke caused by the smoke bombs that I lit. Everyone thought it was simply fog coming off the surface of the pool water. It's easy to lay pipe when you have a pocket full of smoke bombs. P.P.S. I bumped into your big-titted little sister at the shop that makes saltwater taffy off 4th Street. I stood on the sidewalk and watched your big-titted little sister through the big picture window as she pulled the taffy. And as I watched, I popped a rod. Instead of her pulling taffy, I saw her clutching onto my enormous dick. And she was pulling my dick. Attention, Sally Saltwater Taffy Shoppers! This is Baloney Pony, the store manager. Right now on sale at the counter are homemade MP4 movies on flash drives. Featured in these movies are big, jugged young women working at this very taffy shop. Folks, these hardworking gals featured in these flicks are pulling taffy one minute, and then in another minute, the taffy disappears. And instead of the women pulling taffy, they're pulling dick. Somehow the taffy they were clutching onto disappears and a horse-sized dick pops into their hands. If you've ever watched the TV show Bewitched, you'll understand the gist of these films. These women are dedicated, highly trained taffy pullers working at Sally Saltwater Taffy Shop, and now instead of pulling taffy, they're pulling miles of unending dick. Where did the taffy go? And where do the dicks come from? You'll pump yourself off every time you watch one of these masterpieces. These films are cleverly edited by professionals in the back room of Sally's Saltwater Taffy Shop. Get them while they're hot, only $2.99. Thank you for shopping at Sally's Saltwater Taffy Shop. This is Baloney Pony, the store manager. That is all. Fuck! Oh. Fuck! Oh. Fuck! Oh! Fuck! Oh! 
fuck? Oh. Women are constipated three times more than men. When you're walking down the halls and your balls hit the walls, it's a rupture. Yeah!